Oh, we did do sound speed. What? Are you trying to look at yourself? I'm not taking a real picture. Now you are. I'm just checking my hair. Cute. Wow, we look pretty good. We look really good. We're cutie patooties. Are we rolling? Scene one, take one, Marcus. Who's watching what? Ahsoka. What the hell is that? <laughs> anime, I'm guessing. Do you guys live on a different planet than me? <laughs> is it anime? I don't know. What? Ahsoka is Star Wars. What? Oh, duh. Ahsoka is that. Anakin Skywalker's Padawan, and she has her first live-action series on Disney+. Plus. That's coming out right now? It's out. <gasps> Literally no one asks how my Padawan's doing. And You're what? My Padawan. What the fuck is that? I don't know. <laughs> is that Star Wars too? Yes. You're a Star Wars head? I mean, listen, since the heiress tour in America ended, I need something. Well, I don't know. I'm kind of beefing with her at the moment. I know you are. We can get into it in a second. I have like, I've never been more invested in like girl drama in my, I mean, I could be anyone drama, but like Hollywood drama in my whole life, like it added a whole new layer to me caring about Olivia Rodrigo that never existed in my life beforehand. I cried for the girl, but do you want to talk about other things first? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Can I start this off with something that's not even on the docket? Yeah, of course. You got a haircut. Of course I you got, got a haircut. You got a long hair haircut. Well, I have to. How are you feeling? Do you feel like Princess Diana? Well, it depends on the day and how it's looking and how it's styling. Sometimes it falls right into place and yeah. sometimes it doesn't look good at all. So I'm just like, okay, I'm going to wear a hat. <laughs> but the thing is with the long hair hairstyle, the sides of my hair grow faster than the top of my hair yeah. so we're trying to make it so the top grows out is long and like meets the sides right so it's not just like i have a bunch of long side hair that we could like braid this isn't caught up with i think it's cute so we're working on it i'm trimming just the edges of the like top yeah. to get it to promote growth so we're working on it we're oh, finding yeah. like which way we're gonna swoop if we're gonna go back what we're gonna do i love it <laughs> <laughs> i need a trim how are you guys you know. <laughs> Lizzie's, I mean, you seem well today. I am feeling well today. I'll give you that. Come on, honey. They love when you're here. Come on. Hi, baby girl. Honey, you want to come so sit cute. with me? Come Ooh. on, mama. Come on, mama. Up, 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 up. Prove that you exist, honey. Quick. She's like, She was no. never there. Oh, my gosh. She's oh, stuck in no. the arts. Oh, uh, okay. no. Bye, honey. Um. So I woke up at like 3 a.m. And then that you're, you know how like when you wake up at 3 a.m. and you have to wake up at 5 a.m. Eventually you're like, well, there's no more time for sleep. (laughs) And then I just sat and waited for five, baby. Are you kidding me? There is nothing like knowing you have to catch an early morning flight and then waking up and you're like, well, if I go back to sleep, it's never going to wake up. I'm never going to wake up. It was awful. And I had a hard time going to sleep because I put on steel magnolias because i thought it would put me to sleep but steel magnolias had the same effect on me as like a war movie so i was up crying till like midnight so i'm like caffeinated and she feels like blessed never stressed finished my vlog on the flight here with this sweet old man who would not shut the fuck up and stop talking to me about how his wife saw jesus christ outside their window and the next day when he went outside to check in the alleyway where jesus christ had been he saw that there was an indent in their recycling bin so jesus had been found i'm just saying it's nice to believe in something (laughs) (laughs) and before that this guy was scaring the fuck out of me because he's he wanted and that's what calmed you down yeah well because i'm like oh he's not oh he's crazy but he's not like crazy (laughs) he's a good god-fearing man did you not have airpods to just like i had my headphones on and he was talking to me with my headphones i had my headphones on i had my laptop out i'm literally actively typing on it filming my outro on the fucking plane and he's like so let me tell you 
It was wild. But at first, like, he was like, do you hear that vibration? Like, a fluttering coming from the side of the plane? And I was like, no. <laughs> and I don't, I don't need to be made aware of these things, sir. So he, like, wild, wadded up a piece of, like, official, like, Southwest airplane mater- reading material and shoved it in what he thought was, like, vibrating. So I became made aware of it because the flight attendant came over and was like, sir, what's, um, <laughs> the fuck are you doing over here? Because it's spooky. It's a spooky thing you're doing. It's raising alarm it's causing attention to be brought to especially speed. on today of all days on today of all which days. i didn't want to mention until yeah. you were here well chris didn't even know oh yeah. well he's been running at 100 miles an hour yeah and then it was an early flight so it's probably best you didn't know that today i mean the day of recording is 9 11 lizzie, which... lizzie told me because never forget you told him on the plane Lizzie told no, me as right before we get on the plane lizzie tells me and i'm like why would you tell me that why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I why wouldn't you I? can't just let the poor man just like breathe easily until I don't know. he lands it's a, it's a gnarly day we all went through something that day it was crazy do you remember where I mean, you some were some of us way less than others but I mean, yeah obviously some of us way less yeah than no others, but I, it was I vividly know. remember it was a day off school for me and I was riding like a razor scooter in the front yard when my mom came out and was like like this is going on and then like she came out and got you yeah gnarly and then we were all just watching the news in disbelief i mean how old were we at that time i was 11 so you were probably 10 Mm -hmm. because you're a beautiful young boy thanks i'm only 32 are you even 32 yet (laughs) yeah you're 32 right okay did you remember you don't know um what do you mean remember your age no oh (laughs) no i didn't (laughs) where were you um i was coming out of the shower after the first one had hit, I was coming out of the shower to go to school that day. And I remember watching the TV as the second plane hit and um, just being like, what movie is that? Mm. And my parents were like, that's not a movie. Mm. It was an, and, and then they brought us to a school nightmare. and we all sat in the gymnasium. You went to school after mm-hmm. that? And we all sat in the gymnasium. And I'll never forget, I was walking to school and I saw this girl that I knew and I was like, hey, like, did you see? She was like, we've all seen. And I was like, fuck me, Carly. (laughs) She's calling her out by name. Do you want to drop a last name? If I could remember this bitch's last name, I I would. But literally me and my other friend from high school were like, what was her last name? (laughs) We were talking shit about. Because also later on in life, I would get super drunk in college and then be violently hung over the next day. And one day I just thought it'd be really funny if my friend requested her on Instagram until she approved me. Because I guess it's not that funny. (laughs) But rapid fire request her and she would rapid fire deny me oh so she hates you yeah to th- what did you do to i her? don't know we had a play date one time and it was good but she's always kind of been an asshole did to you me. try to kiss her or something no it wasn't gay especially- what were we doing that was gay this weekend oh from selling the oc i was like you gotta watch selling the oc it's just like selling sunset and there's a new chrishell in town and i'm like in love with this woman and lizzie was like yeah she's so hot and i was, I like, was I'm actually glad we could be lesbians together I was sitting there drinking my fake champagne with my dogs after a swim in your pool (laughs) that woman is hot so hot alex hall if i was straight oh i mean i'm straight and i'm like oh just beautiful like really stunning all the curves and all the right places and a good face it's like uh selling sunset before selling sunset came i mean some of the drama storylines do feel a little fabricated yeah but it is like i feel like selling uh sunset before it was so hungry 
I mean, hungry, nasty? but also like self-aware of the right, success and right. what's going on yeah. there. Yeah. And then like Chriselle, like God bless her, she's doing her own thing, but like she's not the Chriselle I once, and not even because like her lesbian journey, just mm-hmm. like it's not it's not necessary and people change you can't pigeonhole somebody to like how you first fell in love with them and i still love chriselle but i feel like alex hall is like my chriselle 2.0 in the oc yeah and it's fun to see a different well i'll get into selling sunset or uh, selling the oc in a little while because i wanted to hit on like a talking point that you don't have to watch to weigh in on okay i'm excited but i do ship alex and tyler are they together, together? They, so they, what i got are they together they're kissing okay you got to watch the rest of the season i'll I'll, I'll tune in but tyler is currently well while the season was filming was in the middle of a divorce with britney snow got it and i don't think britney snow liked when the first season aired and all of these girls were throwing themselves at her husband and then she was he was now like somebody that was like a real estate agent Mm -hmm. like whose dad is a real estate agent and he like followed suit all of a sudden he has like this voice and this present and is the sharing TV the show. limelight with and her. And like, of course this is all me speculating, but yeah. it, it but is you interesting because like it does parallel selling sunset in that Chris Shell got a divorce from Justin Hartley, who was the star of this is us, which mm-hmm. was a wildly popular show at the time. And that divorce also kind of played out on selling and they are bringing in a lot of the same archetypes right. and characters, or right. at least the characters that they're creating in the production and post-production of the show i noticed that as well some like from what i did watch i saw like there i was like you're that character like there's a chelsea on this show there's all of them on the show yeah and so it's very fascinating but i like the visual porn of it all of course and just like people i I do have to say the properties make me fucking sick to my stomach the fact the oc yeah there's there's this one house in the oc it's like all stacked up on each other it's basically what what would you call that like there's no property there's no basically a townhouse but it's a full-blown home but uh, uh, no front yard no backyard huge sliding doors just open onto this busy fucking street nine million dollars it's because you're like one block away from the beach but it's like you're paying to live like where you can touch your neighbor outside of yeah. your door for nine million dollars like, and it's no, just like no, i ma'am. thought la real estate was wild when but- they said that i was like <clears throat> and they're like this is a coveted house i was like <clears throat> and for of who? course for- sh- yeah uh- for rats I don't know. I even love Alex Hall's house. It's just like out of. I didn't see. You it. might not have gotten there. She was also it. texting me TikToks while she was watching it, and Did I was you like, watch "How can you pay?" No, I was so mad at you. I was like, "How can you pay attention to the visual porn that is selling the do OC? You, you're sending me you, TikToks." And she's you, like, "You're right. I'm not paying attention." I was like, "Well, then don't pay attention, and I'll find somebody else that likes selling the OC." Do you want to watch the TikToks right no, now? No, I don't want to watch the TikToks. I think they were funny. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll watch them at the end of the show. Okay, stick around for Lizzie's favorite TikToks we of the forget. week. Forget. <laughs> <laughs> Should I just get into the talking point of selling the OC since we're already no, we're here. here? We're here. Okay, so basically, the Alex Hall, the Chriselle of the OC, uh, is like really good friends with Tyler, who is like not has not finalized his divorce with Britney Snow. Right. So this other woman is upset that these two are touchy-filly before yes. the divorce is finalized. Yes. She's like, is the ink dry? And they're like, well, no, it's not dry, but like they're getting a divorce. And this other agent in the office is like, well, this rubs me the wrong way because I'm for marriage and I'm for like the union of a marriage. So you being in his life in a way that's more than friends, even if you haven't kissed, is too much for me. And that's like the storyline of the whole season where well, she's she thinks like- it makes the whole office look trashy get over yourself 
what do you think you signed up for when you are on a reality yeah. show I mean, I about a real estate brokerage? And I just feel like you you would have never been involved in this storyline of them had you not inserted yourself in the middle. I understand she said, well, one of my clients was talking about it. And mm -hmm. it's like, seems like your client lives for the drama. And I don't think your client's dropping you because of the drama. No. Seems like they want to know the tea on Britney Snow's ex-husband getting together with this bombshell that is Alex Hall. Yeah. I also think that the woman who brought it up is the drama. She's the drama. <laughs> That's the only and drama. I she's understand literally... her mom just passed. So she's Great. like grieving yeah. at a 20. But- I don't think, and she acknowledges that multiple times, but then she stands firm in her, like, I think you're, uh, she's essentially calling her a homewrecker, but it's like, this is Tyler's life. Yeah. If he is hooked, if it's not her, it's somebody else. And if the marriage is over for him and it's just the legalese has not yeah. been sorted through, like that's his choice. And he knows if his marriage is over or not. Yeah. Like it's, and if she wants to get involved, I don't think she's being a homewrecker if it's public that they're getting a divorce. And then the craziest part that I saw at least was she pulls him aside in the office and sits within earshot of Alex and uses Alex's first and last name multiple times while shaming him for having a relationship with her. And I think this is before they even kissed. Yeah. And I like, and it's like, well, if you don't want drama, bitch, speculating. don't do that. I know. So that's one of the infuriating storylines throughout the whole thing. And they like never seem to be able to resolve this, but I just wanted your way in as well. So oh. you think if somebody's getting a divorce, but it's not finalized, mm -hmm. I mean, they're allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. Well, that's how I feel about all things. You're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want. And I'm going to have a judgment about it. It's not my place to share that within earshot of you because who fucking cares what my opinion is of you and the way that you live your life. But I don't think that this is something that brings shame to the company. But then all these girls, like there's like a trip to Cabo. If, they all start turning on Alex right. Hall and acting like she's this monster. And I'm like, to she me. She didn't ruin the marriage. From, the marriage was over before Alex Hall stepped up. But then they're like, it's how you're talking and everything. And I'm like. I think all you bitches are jealous that she's the star of the show yeah. and she's dating the other star or not dating. She's flirty with the yeah. other star of the show. And you guys know every storyline is about her. Yeah. And that's what you got. That's the subtext. You guys are mad that she's the star of the show and you're not. And it's, it's working for them to like create these drama storylines. Cause then they get shown in the show and you see these other real estate agents that don't start drama. Yeah. They just don't have a storyline and they just exist every once in a while in the background. And also, but like also, who fucking cares if they're no flirty? One. Who fucking cares? And I, I'm more upset by that girl that goes door to door knocking and then starts talking about sex with strangers in their houses after she lets herself in. <laughs> that is wild to me. That is wild to me. I was, I couldn't. I was, hold on, what? You didn't have an appointment at this man's house? It's a great watch. I know. I know. Like this is the top of the show, and we're talking about it. Like a, I know it's not a niche show, but I yeah. don't know if everyone that watches the show watches. I mean, I'm. I did enjoy what I saw because it was upsetting and that gets me involved. And did we introduce our show? No. Hello, no. you guys. And welcome back to another episode <laughs> of The Sip. I'm Ryland Adams, of course, joined by... Lizzie Gordon. Hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> Let's talk... Okay, Chris, how was your travel day? It was good until I knew it was 9-11. Oh. <laughs> yeah, when we were booking it and it was really the only date that worked for everyone, I was like, oh. Oh. I had no idea. I was sitting there eating my breakfast which was surprisingly good for airport breakfast what'd you get i'm it so was jealous avocado toast with mm. eggs on top he tasty. got guy fieri guy and I, fieri yeah, yeah. and i got like a dry crusty dusty <laughs> fucking this is at burbank airport mm. yeah guy fieri has yeah. rolled in yeah. 
<laughs> and he's at both terminals. You can get Guy Fieri at United and at Southwest. Damn, mama. Yeah. And guess who didn't get Guy Fieri? Of course you. An idiot. <laughs> a redheaded moron sitting beside you today. So are you starving? No, I'm, I bought a fucking crusty, dusty burrito from some kiosk on the way up there because I was like, I don't know what they have to offer and I don't want Wolfgang Puck shit. Yikes. Devastated. <laughs> okay, Chris. <gasps> but it was so good and it was so nice. And then Lucy sits down and then she's like, well, like, you know what day it is? And I'm like, what? And you're like, <sighs> never forget. 9-11. And I was like, what? Should we be flying? Are we safe? Is this okay? <laughs> I was like, oh no. And I got really scared. Mm-hmm. But we're okay. Do you remember where you were? I do. Uh, my story is not too dissimilar from Lizzie, where I, I, I don't know if I got in the shower, but I was getting ready for school. I came downstairs. My parents were watching the TV. One of the planes had hit already. I didn't understand what was going on. My mom explained it to me kind of tearfully. And then I went to school. And we were in class, uh, the first class of the day, and my teacher was like, through tears in his eyes, like stopped the class and was explaining what was going on. He's like, I feel like this needs to be addressed before we go on, and like explained. Oh, they it still to all did classes at your school. Yeah, our classes were. All, we all got. It was in middle school, and we all got pulled into the assembly room, and we watched like the news and like mm. sat in there together for a long time. I no, never. We, we still had class. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't remember classes picking back up either. I do remember like all of us walking into the gymnasium though. I don't remember if later on in the day we did that, but the first period or whatever it was was a normal class but the teacher did that and the first half of the class was just that and like it was like heavy it was a, yeah. it was one of I the mean, heaviest it days. is still is one of the heaviest things it's wild especially yeah. at such a young age like that's one of the heaviest things yeah. i remember happening my memories of the day are very like unclear i remember right when it happened and where i was when i heard but then it's like i mean i remember down to where i was standing when i saw it on the tv like i know where the tv was Mm. in the room i know where i was standing in the hallway kind of outside the living room looking at it and i remember saying it i remember like the shampoo i used like we all know i don't have the best memory (laughs) so you even remembering that you were on a scooter is a big deal in the front yard of (laughs) what house yeah i do yeah you know yeah i remember some things today's podcast is sponsored by lumi and booty bo sounds funny but having it not so much and i know from personal experience and that is exactly why i'm excited to tell you about lumi the world's best whole body deodorant it's clinically proven to control odor everywhere pits privates and beyond for a whopping 72 hours they have scents like lavender sage minted cucumber and peony rose that smell delicious lumi was created by an obgyn who saw firsthand how normal bo was being misdiagnosed and mistreated unlike some deodorants that try to mask odor with a fragrance lumi is actually formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts more like a pre-odorant it's aluminum free baking soda free and paraben free Plus, it's pH balanced for safe use below the belt. Lumi Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice, like the mini body wash and deodorant wipes, plus free shipping. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi Starter Pack with code SIP at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code SIP. lumideodorant.com, use code SIP. Oh my God. What? My pants have holes in the butt. So? <laughs> and I knew it when I put them on this morning. You were being wildly inappropriate to me when you got here, and I loved it. What do you mean? <laughs> Lizzie was begging me to. Oh. Wait, what? What just happened Wait, to you? Wait, what? You wanted to post it. What just happened to you? I thought you wanted to post it. What just happened to you? 
you. To post I was sharing with you my trauma, my hole in my pants trauma, and you just out me on national well, television. It sounded sexual. What the fuck? Normally, I'm Wait. the one being inappropriate, and so then I was like, "Ooh, I should out her because I thought we were gonna post it somewhere where we could profit from it before we both have kids." Here's the end of my hole in the pants story. I knew there were holes in these pants, so I thought I'll wear huge black underwear. So I'm wearing huge black underwear, and the holes are not where the underwear is. Can I see? Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh my god. Yeah, it's devastating, huh? Isn't that fucked up? Can you, you believe? You don't have different leggings. Not Lulu's. Is this all you brought here? Yes. You wow. know it is. No, I brought full outfits. I'm here for the night, baby. We dress it up. <laughs> we going out, girl. We going out, daddy. I don't know that we're going out, but we no, could. we're going nowhere. We're going to the Heritage Cafe twice. <laughs> probably target <laughs> okay managing let's talk about what you can't you don't have control over everything <laughs> so get me started well, yeah we had a pretty dark call this week right i, I mean, mean and we don't need to go into the details of that but you're just going through it a little bit i wouldn't i would definitely say that oh my god like i was dying like i was dying like i don't know how to say like my my for at least how long was that like three four weeks how long have i been a psycho three four weeks yeah. like a month my heart hurt in my chest every day and i was violently anxious and then i started being awful to everybody and were you just putting too much pressure on yourself on top of some things you yeah. could control I'm, externally i put pressure on myself to want this thing so like to get pregnant really mm -hmm. badly just like I'm going to say here and now, like, I'm not going to talk about it on the internet anymore. It's probably not safe. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about it on the internet. More, and I'm not going to talk about my pregnancy journey on the internet at all. Um, but no matter what, like, I was so fucking excited. Yeah. And to take a negative pregnancy test was so fucking awful. And I know that I haven't been trying very long, like, but that doesn't diminish how much I was not, how much I was believing and putting him in that basket you know what i mean no, oh i know i understand 100 i mean i can't get pregnant myself but i understand through like our trying and our and everything and the ex and the excitement i felt for you like we were also i bought everything to tell as you though you were you know I, yeah and it it's not saying that you won't and it was no. your after so you found out you're ovulating and then that was your very first try but it doesn't make it less devastating and, and it was an interesting kind of devastation because it's like i've experienced loss before and i've experienced like extreme emotional pain but this was like like I was trying to explain it to you. I felt like I was in trouble. Like I felt like I was in big trouble. Like the cops were knocking on my door because I killed someone and drove away from the scene of the crime. Like big trouble, which I which I didn't understand, you know? Right. And I, I still don't I understand why I felt like I was in trouble. Your body was in like fight or flight? I don't know. It was, it, but it was an interesting distinction between like ge general disappointment and like that version of anxiety. Mm -hmm. But what shifted in my brain that is something that, you know, the, a program that I work pretty heavily in, what shift, uh, requires me to turn everything over to a higher power yeah. and to admit that I am powerless in everything. And I accept that in only as far as it uh, pertains to my alcoholism. And I was only thinking about it like, well, I don't want to drink. And it's like, right, bitch, but no matter what, <laughs> you're still an alcoholic in this life. So everything you do is the product of an alcoholic mind. So if you don't turn 100% of everything over 
you're still withholding control and that's not letting God like lead the way or a higher power, whatever you want to call it. Right. Mine's Ellen Ripley from Aliens. Anyway. <laughs> and in this case, it was getting and being pregnant. It was that... It was that I could control that, first of all, which is laughable today for me because you can't. Like I talked, I had a, a, a regular general consultation with a doctor that wasn't like a, a you know, fertility appointment or anything because mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with my body. There's nothing going on there. But she was like, honey, everything you, you can do everything right. There can be nothing wrong with your body. There can be nothing wrong with your husband's body. And it could still take you five fucking years. Yeah. And it's like, and then when I was like, like all these things sort of start clicking you know like i'm upset i'm physically uncomfortable i'm not behaving in a way that i want to behave your body's also stressed out to the max because you're putting it through and i understand i mean the like the want and the need and the because once you have baby fever it is this thing that you're like okay like i'm ready in all these other ways like i i because for you you held off for a long time to get ready in a lot of other ways and now that you're ready in all those other ways it's like the actual getting pregnant was like the thing where you're like okay we're just gonna do that and we're gonna get pregnant yeah give me give Um, me my baby (laughs) and oh another thing i realized this morning is just like a sense of entitlement like i'm entitled to anything in this life which is also laughable to today for me is laughable but all of those things made me feel physically bad so it's like if you had like a gut wound and you're walking around like of course you're gonna be fucking awful to people you're bleeding out and you got to deal with that so then i realized like oh i don't know what to do and then when i don't know what to do there is one thing that i remember which is just like there is this piece of literature that i can pick up that says all of the things i should do instead of what my knee-jerk emotion is and that's the prayer of saint francis so it's like you know the pieces i do remember it's like seek rather to understand than to be understood where there is doubt bring faith so it's like i have doubt i want you to understand me all those things that my knee-jerk response is to have i have this sheet of paper where i can go oh column a is bad i just have to do column b i don't have to understand it but i do know as a person who's used this before when i do do that i feel better and it's also the better you feel, the less stress your body is yeah. under, the more likely, I think if you're ha- happy in your life and you're having fun having sex and yeah. your body's, I mean, I'm also not a doctor and that that's not the answer completely, but I do feel like stress is like when you're super stressed, that's when like people will start gaining weight because mm-hmm. you're like holding on to all these bad, uh, what is it? Cord is it? Oh, like, I know what you're talking about. Yes, but I'm just saying like stress is a killer. And it's like if you're stressed, your body's not going to do a lot of the things you want it to do. And why would I want to work actively to stay in that space? Why would I want to why would I want to keep digging a hole? Right. But I understand how it's, I mean, it's such a mind fuck of a journey that it's like, it's almost impossible to not, because it is something you're so excited about, but then you also have to be like, okay, it's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. And then it's like, it is this like, it's this hard thing. What helps with the entitlement that I'm feeling is I, is just acceptance. And that's sort of like this mantra that I have in my mind where it's like, nothing happens in this world without design. Like nothing's an accident. Yeah. And I do believe that. Sorry, I feel like I'm having a private conversation, but (laughs) (laughs) and I do believe that. And um, and that's so fucking liberating. But I also know that you're going to have a baby, you know, yeah, like 
I I do believe that you will have a baby, but even if for some reason, five years down the line, your body isn't able to produce the baby, there's so many different avenues yeah. and so many different lanes that like you're going to have a baby and it's going to be however it's meant to be. And no matter what in the present moment, like I'm so fucking grateful for everything I do have. Right. Like I have two beautiful dogs who are dumb and amazing <laughs> and fucking swimmers okay they are fucking olympian swimmers i don't know icky hates nothing more than the pool and you're like violently ruined your body's ruined covered in bloody scratches so like because of icky's uh like his previous back injury that he's now recovered from they had suggested swimming for the dogs to really make it's like it strengthens their body yeah and so we've been trying to get lizzie's dogs in well now you've been trying since i haven't been at the house but you've been going and icky just like destroys her body because he's so uncomfortable in the pool but bubs is like a little fucking olympian bro Bubby Phelps. Wow. Yeah. But we, so we brought a tiny piece of French fry into the pool. And when I had the French fry, Icky followed me in a, no hands on Icky. He followed me in circles. He was swimming circles around me. And then once he's comfortable and he knows he can get out and where to get out, yeah. he'll start to enjoy it. it. He almost jumped in for the French fry. <laughs> so that's the secret. Riley's my only dog that wasn't hesitant at the beginning like uno Uh, it took it was a process for uno uno had to watch charlie which is shane's other shane's mom's dog for a long time before he would get in himself yeah what are you looking at oh i was just looking at the docket oh you're depressively networking again desperately what did i (laughs) depressively I thought that's how you were like healing wounds. No, desperately. No, I had like another scare. Well, like I just to be like, it doesn't matter. I went through a dark. I went through a darkness. I know. No, you don't know how dark. It was pretty dark when we talked. Yeah, and then it got darker before it got better. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I started. I don't even know if you can handle the truth. Okay. I started looking for jobs at Amazon shipping warehouses. Why? Because just to be a little bit more. You have a YouTube channel and you have the podcast. And yeah. like, I know that I was because it, it like it's literally a big part of my life, though, is supplemented by randomly PAing. And that is dead. Oh, because of the it is the strike. Yeah. And everything. So I started desperately networking. I sent my. Well, first I started looking for jobs where I'm like, oh, this is a job I could do, which doesn't require a lot of mental work on my part. And I can just listen to whatever I want to listen to all day and just get the job done. But honestly, I feel like Amazon should start striking. Why? Because that job sucks. I mean, I think everything, a ton of stuff came out about, I mean, a lot of people hate Amazon. Yeah. And then Amazon. They're paying their shipment center people $17 an hour for 13 hour shifts and they don't pay you for your lunch. And then on top of that, if you want to make 95 cents more, you have to work 6 p.m. to 630 a.m. Damn, I can't believe they can find people to work under those working conditions because it's so hard to find employees at the moment. Yeah. In and out starts at 19 in the valley. Yeah. Is there a little pre-claimer under that that's like for management positions? No, in and out pays $20 an hour. When I worked at when I worked at Press Juice, it was $20 an hour. No, you made $20 an hour. Yeah, I did. I made $20 an hour at Press Juice. And that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Oh, maybe it was 15. Who cares? That's still only $2 less than a fucking... Damn, I knew I loved In-N-Out. Yeah. (laughs) But I couldn't work at In-N-Out. I'm a fucking idiot. 
I need to just be able to put things in slots. Today's podcast is sponsored by HelloFresh, and with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You skip those daunting trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. And when it comes to options, honestly, more is always more. And that's why HelloFresh's menu includes over 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. From easy, time-saving breakfasts and family dinners to kid-approved lunches and snacks, HelloFresh has what it takes to keep everyone, including you, happy and satisfied. And what I love about HelloFresh is that you know you're getting top-notch produce since it travels from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days. I'm always using HelloFresh, especially on those busy work nights where I need something healthy and delicious, but I don't want to think so hard about what I'm going to make. I can follow these recipes and have a delicious meal made for me in 30 minutes. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50thesip and use code 50 the sip for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. That's hellofresh.com slash 50 the sip and use code 50 the sip for 50% off plus an extra 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. You know that feeling you get when you finally find the thing you've been searching for on the internet after spending hours and hours of researching and reading thousands of reviews, you finally find it. It checks all the boxes and it has five star reviews. Oh, and it arrives in just 48 hours. So why is it that you can get the most random, wonderfully reviewed thing from around the world to your doorstep in just two days, but when you wanna see a good doctor, it can take forever to find an appointment. Thankfully, there is a way and it's called ZocDoc. It's a place to find and book great doctors who actually have amazing reviews, many with appointments available in just 24 hours. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top rated patient reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, who are located near you and treat almost any condition you're searching for. The average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is just between 24 and 48 hours. That's it. You can even score same day appointments. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately with just a few taps, no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. I personally love ZocDoc, especially being between two states. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know what doctor to find when I throw out my back or when I have crazy sinus issues. And I have personally used ZocDoc to find a doctor and it's been incredible and so helpful. So go to ZocDoc.com slash the sip and download the ZocDoc app for free, then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc.com slash the sip. ZocDoc.com slash the sip. Okay, before we... Okay, I thought this was a nice segue into our first hot topic. Lizzie was violently exploring the possibility of being a... What are their fans called? A J-Bro Ho? Oh, well, you called it a J-Bro Ho. What did the Jonas Brothers fans call themselves, Chris? Oh, I don't remember. Let me look. Um, also, I think this entire last few sections of our conversation might indicate that I am bipolar as fuck. What? <laughs> Does this not sound... Like mania and depression. <laughs> I mean, you've just been going, you've had very heightened emotions. I can understand. How am I not pregnant? I, I'm acting so pregnant. A lot of people on the last podcast too was like, Lizzie's being so crazy. She's definitely pregnant. No, which guys, like just a little mental. And I don't, th- I don't think it's, I know a lot of people will be like, it's rude to speculate somebody's pregnant, but I can't even blame anyone with the way that we were discussing oh, how you were I, pregnant. I was, I literally was telling people like, no, like I opened, I... <laughs> Texted my friend's husband, I'm pregnant until proven otherwise. <laughs> and I was only reminded of that psychotic text because I sent him a picture of my dog's paws because he won't believe that they're pink. Stupid. Okay. He's an idiot. 
Riley also threw out his bed. Or Uno, I mean. How are all of our dogs, like, boom, 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 throwing out them, their, like... Their hindquarters. Pulling legs. It's and weird. backs and stuff. Because it was your dog, yeah. Icky. Then my brother's dog, Charlie, Charlie. And then Uno, I took him out. Like, right after dinner, I took him out to go to the bathroom. And then he went down. And, and what I thought was a seizure, like, wasn't a seizure. Because he was, like, very conscious. And it was only in his hind leg. And then he's, like also screeching in pain a little mm. bit and so we're like what the fuck is going on and then he didn't want to walk up the stairs and then i realized it was like either his back or his leg mm-hmm. and so he had he'd pulled something either playing with riley playing fetch or he's just like getting a little bit older and like he ran too hard too fast at something and hurt himself so now he's all drugged out and i'm like trying to keep him still on anti-inflammatories you thankfully brought cbd for him but it's just like it'll be a game on? changer because he'll just chill they used to be called Jonatic. Jo- what? Jo- jo- Genatics? Jonas? Genatics. Genatics. Jonas Brother Addicts. Genatics. No current name. Says a couple of articles. Mm-hmm. Genatics? Is that real? I mean, says a couple of articles. Could you're you- going to ask him to Google something and then no, you're going to question the validity of No, I was going to tell him to text Morgan because Morgan was a genatic. She still is, I believe. Did she tell you she's retired? From being a genatic? Yeah. No, she didn't tell me. So she I think she's currently a genatic. I was texting Morgan this morning and she, because well I don't know about what you're texting her this morning about but when the Jonas Lizzie, Brothers when Lizzie was violently <laughs> texting me about the Jonas Brothers I was like Lizzie please I don't care and I'm never going to be a Joe Broho can you please text my sister because I knew she grew up with them and I just will not go down this journey with you so I texted Morgan and she was like you need to I, I said Morgan I think I might be a genetic <laughs> and I need to I, like I don't know how to find my way and then she's like you need to watch Camp Rock 1 and 2 and I was like on it <laughs> so I watched <laughs> I watched Camp Rock 1 and 2 while editing my vlog. I am not for the Jonas Brothers. See, and I, think, I am not a J-Bro. Well, and that's what I think is like, that was her shit when she was probably, what, like 9 or 10 at the time? She was a Kevin girly. Still is, I believe. Yeah, crazy. I get being a Kevin girly in 2023. I do not get a Camp Rock 1 Kevin girly. Like, I understand people's love for them in the current moment. Like, their, their tour does look like they're putting on a good show. Yeah. It's just not like, I know like three of the, two of their songs maybe i have burn liter- it up and f- right is that the same thing <laughs> yeah no those are two yeah. different songs is that the same song who cares who not cares? us here's the deal though i actually went from being like am i a j bro ho to a i don't like them <laughs> i i know are you team sophie turner oh yes we are team sophie in our house oh what's going on I, are there new details dude okay so i saw and i saw i nick gives me the fucking hick bro <laughs> Nick gives me the ick. I'm fucking mad at Joe Jonas. I think he's a well. I, I think he's a bitch ass first and foremost. And I stand by both those words, bitch ass. Okay. The only person I feel for is that poor guy Kevin, because they sort of straightened his weird curly hair back in the day, and that was a fucked up thing they did to him. And they also made him play a buffoon for years. And I think Kevin might be the sweetest one. Okay. <laughs> my problem with them is i always felt like they were they weren't telling the truth about something and that doesn't have to be their sexuality it just has to be like inauthenticity in inauthenticity <laughs> and that's why i think people like gravitate towards youtube so much is because you're like i mean i know people still curate things on youtube but you're getting more of uh, more of who they really are than like a curated like 
big branded picture. And right. I've always just, my like bullshit meter has always gone up a little bit when I see things from them. I'm like, they're lying about something. Like, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but it's like, I just don't trust it. Yeah. So that's why I've never been like all in. Like I can appreciate one of their hits when it comes on the radio, their show clips that I've seen on Instagram because she started texting me so much about Sorry. it and talking about them <laughs> around me. They like now come up on my for you page and I'm like, God damn it, Lizzie. My bad. Um, I saw Nick doing like a conversation with some guy about a song that he wrote and like the lyric of the song is something like she passed and hit the gas or something like that. And the caption on the video was like, what do you think this song is really about? And in my mind, I'm like, obviously it's about farts. And then Nick's like, it's a fart joke. I put a fart joke in a very sincere song. And he said it with that delivery. You think they were writing their music when they were that age? I think they had They're like 20 producers. Honestly, if you listen to the lyrics, I bet they were. Okay. Um, so then you said, obviously, Sophie and Joe split. They put out their amicable statement. Yeah. And you said, you're so glad you didn't get married in your early 20s. But I also would have married Joe in two weeks. Yeah. So what's your talking point there? Um, I guess Sophie Turner was very young when she married Joe Jonas. Like, I think she's 27 now. They got married four years ago. So she was 23 when Damn. they got married. And she immediately had two children. And... um. I, I don't know like I'm I did I wasn't like alone in my 20s like I met Joe when I was 24 and um but I did we didn't wow, move I in. think I met Shane when I was 24 oh yeah we met them at like the exact same time okay we met them at the like literally the exact same time I think or no you met Shane like a year after I met Joe okay because you're a year younger than me yeah um but no i agree like i think i don't know if it's an la thing or because you go into the middle like in like where i went to high school or like in utah where i grew up it's like a lot of people are married at 20 and pregnant and they're like popping things out but i'm just like i'm glad for me personally that i took that time to like discover who i was yeah before because i changed so much even from 20 to 25 and then it's like i'm glad i stayed engaged as long as i did not that i was ever questioning the validity validity of shane and i's relationship but it's like there's no need to rush in my opinion and then no, especially it's forever. when it comes to like getting ready to have kids it's like well I don't want it just to be like, oh, I'm in love with this person. I'm going to have babies. With I want to like make sure it's the right thing. I'm in the right place and it's the right, you know? Yeah. So I, I do feel for them, especially with the kids involved. That is very hard. I also think that like, like what you were saying, like your 20s are such a struggle that I think that's where you really learn who you are and you build your threshold for all of life. And, and I, if that's intermeshed with like a serious partner I don't think you get, I don't think you get the strength or the lesson. Or if you've, and it, like, I think a lot of people like me, I wanted to wait until I like seriously dated someone until I, we were such like go-getters for our careers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, until I got like a contract at Clever where I knew I was making a good salary and I had a job, I wasn't ready to look because I wanted to feel like I could bring my full self to the table where I'm not just like, I don't know when I can see you because I need to like wait job, wait tables at three restaurants and I have this in the, like, you know, it just wasn't conducive, which I know you can't like plan your life. And Wait. and where you are no. but it, they had both found success because was she, was she already successful mm -hmm. when yeah. she had met him yeah because she was game on game of thrones successful and he was already successful mm -hmm. so i guess they were in hindsight like a lot older they probably felt a lot older i'm sure than yeah. they physically were yeah. because they had been adults for so long and working in a professional industry at a high level for a long time but still whoo 
Yeah. Oof. Are you ready for all this Olivia Taylor drama? No. Girl, I felt deep. And I know that you guys were sick about Taylor, but like... This is new. This, this is, is different. Things have changed. This is different. Like, this is completely different. Because... Olivia Rodrigo, just for the record, in case you guys aren't familiar. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. they're familiar even if you don't know her super well. Driver's License yeah. was the biggest hit over coronavirus. Deja Vu. Deja Vu, good for you. Good I mean, for all you. of these great songs. She won three Grammys. Mm. Her sophomore album just dropped. Did and you listen now, to it? Uh, I've listened to all of the songs that are seemingly about Taylor Swift, which seems to be most of the album at this point. I bought Guts. Because I buy all my music and I've been listening to it on a fucking loop. And is such a diehard Taylor Swift fan and now uh, a, a diehard Olivia oh, Rodrigo fan. I always fan. liked Olivia Rodrigo. But that's the thing is like me too. Like, And listen, I'm going to talk about all this stuff, but I don't have facts. I don't know what's going on in their real lives. Mm-hmm. This is all my speculation for fun because I couldn't get enough of what was what I was seeing with my own eyes. I was just like falling down this rabbit hole and it was making more and more sense. And I was like, what the fuck? So I'm going to bring you in on the timeline. <sighs> if I- you're a Taylor Swift fan sit down you can still be a taylor <laughs> swift fan and I'm i am still a taylor and i swift am fan. but i'm saying sit down girls <laughs> sit down girls and if you're and not i still love taylor i will always love taylor and i i cry and my heart breaks i mean olivia. listen i'm following taylor i'm following sabrina carpenter i'm following I'm... olivia rodrigo i follow all of them i so follow like, none of them but i buy all their music it's contradictory whatever no you're like switzerland uh, yeah i enjoy all the girls for what they are yeah But I also am going to divulge into this drama. Okay. So in April of 2020, when Olivia was on a popular Disney Channel show but had not taken off as a songstress herself, she was publicly praising Taylor Swift. She posted a cover of Cruel Summer that Taylor then acknowledged. Taylor reposted it with, like, words of gratitude. And they went back and forth for a while just, like, praising each other. Mm -hmm. And then in January of 2021, Driver's License had like went viral the second it hit the internet and so then it passed the evermore songs on the charts so evermore had come out at a similar time evermore had two songs that were one and two Mm -hmm. driver's license surpasses it and taylor congratulates her publicly i think she even said like uh like my kid my baby and then olivia was like freaking out publicly just saying like i'm gonna change my name legally to taylor swift's baby and they were just like the fangirling was mutual mm-hmm. and then in march of 2021 20, uh, olivia was on a sirius xm radio show and she said quote i got a package from her taylor with this handwritten note and she gave me this ring because she said she wore one just like it when she wrote red and she wanted me to have one like it and all of this amazing stuff she like hand wrapped these gifts i truly don't understand where she finds the time can i interject really quickly uh-huh. on the docket ryland has written in all caps important next to that item <laughs> because we're going to circle back to that yeah. and the reason i want to give you the timeline but i also have things that i've under un, undercovered uncovered uncovered that i haven't seen anyone else yet and this was kind of breaking in real time yesterday i know like maybe diehard people have been following this story but i feel like news broke yesterday when the grudge came out off of like when people started putting two and two that the when the people heard be. the album yes yeah but now i'm saying then it took a couple of days and now all the news articles are writing about it right and then i opened tiktok which i never do to see things and i was like oh people aren't talking about some of the things that i'm putting together and i'm like i'm this little Ooh, she's serial investigator okay 
So May of 2021, the two meet at the Brit Awards. Olivia freaks out. They take a selfie together. Olivia posts it. The night before, Taylor's famously, or I don't know if it's the night before the Brit Awards, but Taylor also famously sends her flowers that Olivia acknowledged her for. May of 21st of 2021, Sour, Olivia's debut album is released. Um, and on it, Swift and Jack Antonoff were credited as songwriters on a song called One Step Forward, Three Steps Back. She said, I was in the car on a road trip when I got home and I decided to sing it over the chords of New Year's Day, which is a Taylor Swift song. She said, I think they're really beautiful chords. And I was lucky enough to get that approved by Taylor and her team. So it's on the album now. And so Olivia, while songwriting, admitted, like, I loved that. I went to their team. They approved this all good. Um, by September, everyone was criticizing Olivia Rodrigo. Like, it was all the hot trauma. I remember everyone's like, this song's stolen from Taylor. This song's stolen from Paramore. Just to be fair, though, like, I listen, <clears throat> I notice those similarities, and I know jack fuck about all music. So right. if you're hearing the similarity and it's that distinct, it's like... And I think it was heavily inspired yeah. by, obviously, which well, is why she then radioactively gives credit to these people and a huge songwriting or a huge percentage of the money as well. Well, that wasn't that wasn't just Olivia's choice. That was enforced because it was deemed to be too close to that. Well, track. this was but Olivia did give her the percentage before a lawsuit was ever filed. Okay, got it. And so when everyone is criticizing her about this, which fair game, like it was this is also in a lot of music, though. I and Ed Sheeran think, goes to bat over this yeah. time and time again. And Ed Sheeran often wins, wins because yeah. he, like, proves music theory and that there's only so many variations of chords and stuff. Well, also, like, Olivia Rodrigo is super super <laughs> Been up since three, guys. Um, she's inspired by these people. And what she and is she's very doing, public about it. She's she very publicly everyone. inspired by these people, which I think is beautiful. And her shit is unique and it is authentic to her. And, and I, her lyrics are specifically and dope. And I think like, she thought she was doing the right thing because the one that she blatantly did that to, mm -hmm. she got, she sought out approval before the album was released. Yeah. Okay. So then when everyone's criticizing her after the album's out, uh, she gives Paramore and the writers of um, uh, one of Paramore's songs percentages for Olivia's good for you. And she gives them 50% of the royalties and songwriting credits. And it's alleged that with every song that she's done this for, she's lost at least 1.5 million. So we're talking at least 3 million, if not 4.5 million, you know? Okay. So then Olivia did open up about this criticism after going back and giving them percentages. She said, I just feel like sometimes there's so much noise and criticism. I hope people know that deep down, all I do is write songs and talk about how I feel. And that's the most important thing to me. A hard thing for me is to grapple with is when this whole thing started happening is just anyone can start saying anything. You just can't control it. She trails off before adding that goes for anyone like girls going to high school. So I do think this point's important. In uh, November, December of 2021, the Recording Academy includes Swift and Antonoff as nominees for Album of the Year for their work on Olivia's album Sour, and then removes them, citing label air during the submission process. So because she was Taylor and Jack were submitted or whatever credited on it they gave them the nominees. If we know anything from Swift's um, uh, documentary on Netflix, she like. Uh, 
acknowledgement from her peers is important to her. Mm -hmm. Like she has everything in the world, but like she did want the Grammy nominations and she does want to be notified for her work. Well, they were also credited for multiple songs on the album, correct? Right. Yeah. And so then in April of 2022, Rodrigo does win three Grammys for best pop vocal album, best new artist and best pop solo performance. Um, Everything dies down for a year until Swift announces Sabrina Carpenter uh, joining the Eras tour for multiple tour dates. And if you know anything, it's that Olivia has beef with Sabrina Carpenter because driver's license was about the love triangle between her Sabrina and their former high school musical musical Whose name we just don't know Joshua Bass oh you know only because I've been deep diving into this nice. drama well also and then Carpenter also wrote that song like oh because I like yeah. and I, I love, love all these girls yeah. well, I, love, I love them all i listen to all of their yeah. music um so i am going to pick this up i know I'm, I'm just giving you the timeline so then when we start talking about it no it's, you important. Have the it's important um so uh which everything taylor does career-wise is heavily calculated oh, like yeah. taylor swift knows what she's doing she doesn't just taylor swift knows what she's doing 10 years from now at this time and sabrina carpenter is a wonderful artist in her own right i love a lot of her songs mm-hmm. but taylor swift was taking a jab and it's like we didn't know well, exactly well, why, why you're saying that like it's a fact i'm saying that uh retroactively myself right. because of the information i've stumbled on now mm-hmm. i would say I mean, obviously it's allegedly, mm-hmm. but in my mind, it's a fact that Taylor knew what she was doing. So and you think Taylor did it to get revenge? Uh, I mean, not revenge, but to throw it in her face. Right. Yes. A to, subtle Because jab. she was dropped from the Grammy nomination. Not only that, I think I'll, I'm going to circle back after I get to some of these lyrics, but because I'm a I, big motive girl and I need to know the motive. Right. to condemn. And so there's a couple of things at play here. Like, although Taylor Swift is the biggest star in the world, like she a doesn't know how long that's going to last for her. She B has been very public about wanting recognition from her peers, which is awards and things like that. And C, she doesn't know if Olivia is going to be a big hit from here on out. Like I would be threatened by Olivia as well. If Olivia, skyrocketed the way she did i don't think taylor's vindictive like that though i'm just that's my opinion okay that's my opinion towards other women okay that's my opinion so then in june on june 30th uh of 2023 vampire is released which is olivia's sophomore album so in her grudge lyrics which is what people are hypothesizing is about uh taylor swift olivia writes i have nightmares each week about that friday in may one phone call from you and my entire world was changed so that friday in may is after her album was released so it's a like i'm putting together that after her album was released taylor called her Mm -hmm. direct and was like hey this song is also inspired by me like i would like the credit or like whatever and my speculation is that from there olivia was like okay but then i bet the lawyers took over and there was like a back and forth about percentages and how much and olivia's probably like well i thought i did the right thing by giving you the credit and the money on the first song that was obvious that i took from you Mm -hmm. but now this one like you know more than in my opinion it's like taylor knows more than anyone how cut through throughout the music industry is she's been fucked over by so many people and i think olivia's like just excited to be in the game Mm -hmm. and she doesn't realize and i feel like then because i've been in a place where you like start 
arguing with a person's lawyer and my lawyer and then it's like we're no longer talking direct and then yeah. your feelings do get hurt and you feel like you're being crushed by a person because like they're trying to protect themselves but it's going through the lawyer and the language is kind of vicious so she says trust that you betrayed confusion that still lingers took everything i loved her music and crushed it between your fingers because she feels like the world's criticizing it she's now giving you the credit what was once so special to her is now crushed between taylor's fingers and i doubt you ever think about the damage that you did you built me up to watch me fall you have everything and you still want more which like how can you act like that's not her singing about taylor swift i after I'll, like everything that's brought to light about all the things that happened and like specifically these lyrics, I can tell that this is probably about Taylor and it makes me so fucking sad because there's another song where one of the lyrics is like, oh, I'm, I have those okay, too. Okay. Don't you worry. Cause it like literally like my eyes are watering because I can only imagine the pain of your hero the person who you looked up to and aspired to be being so fucking i know a lot of people are like darling she's your nightmare dressed as a daydream because yeah. she was olivia's taylor's biggest fan yeah. and she was publicly her biggest yeah. fan and so it does feel a little like feudy to me who are those two actresses in I real life their name. but it's like yeah um, so she said, I try to be tough. I try to be mean. But even after all this, you're still everything to me. That's what kills me. And it's me. like right now the Aeros is bigger than ever. Yeah. Everywhere she, Olivia looks, Taylor's right there. And it's like, she's still everything to me. But like, I'm so hurt and bothered by how everything went down. And so then I started going back and looking in Vampire, which was her first solo off of the album that just was released. Some of the lyrics are, I should have known it was strange. You only come out at night. Is this your own? This is your my. I don't know if people put this together yet on the internet or not, but that's Midnight. So she's talking about Vampire, like actually, like Taylor's always talking about like on her tour even like, I like to write songs about the middle of the night during the middle of the night. And because Mm -hmm. she's so famous, like she kind of has to live her night or life in the middle of the night so it's like to me it's like she's kind of talking about taylor swift as the vampire she goes the way you sold me for parts and sunk your teeth into me bloodsucker fame fucker bleeding me dry stealing all of her royalties like a goddamn vampire she says in the song every girl i ever talked to told me you were bad bad news you called them crazy god i hate the way i called them crazy too you're so convincing how do you lie without flinching and then what gets even crazier is this music video takes place at what seems to be the grammys and all of this kind of circulates from the grammys like olivia like it comes to a head like taylor wants the percentage allegedly from the phone call that i'm reading from the previous lyrics And then Olivia wins all the Grammys, which is something Taylor wants. I know Taylor has Grammys, but it's like, you know. And so then this music video also takes place at the Grammys. But what's the craziest part? I went to the lyric video. And this is what's going to be a callback to what was before. The lyric video, the pieces in it are rings that say Guts, which is her album name. Like the ring Taylor gave her. The ring Taylor gave her that was so important to her that she talked about in so many outlets. constantly wore it. And Olivia's cover art for this album is her wearing rings that say Guts. Mm -hmm. And like the rings are the focal point guts to like have guts to go up against i mean this is my my theory guts like going up against some the biggest pop star in the world and then in the music video um the lyrics write out on a handwritten note which is what she said taylor had given to her there's um flowers flowers which she had get taylor had given her flowers and then at the bottom is red lipstick which like taylor's, taylor's famously Olivia known Rodrigo for red li- lipstick also wears red lipstick oh but probably inspired by taylor right. swift yeah. 
And so I just thought it was crazy. Like her digs in these songs, if they are about Taylor Swift is so insane. The ring things are so like, to me, it, it's it makes me feel palpable. so. It makes me feel so shitty because one of the things I've always loved about Taylor Swift is how she's a woman that supports other women. Mm-hmm. So it's a big fucking bummer to me that she would do this so gnarly to a girl coming up. Well, and maybe Taylor Swift didn't think it was as gnarly as it was. Maybe Taylor was uh, like, "Hey, sure." And we're we're no, no, no. I understand what you're saying. I'm. I think I've been more so anti-Taylor in seeming anti-Taylor and all of this. I love Taylor Swift. Right. But what I'm saying is like, maybe Taylor didn't even know. Maybe it was like Taylor did call her and say like, Hey, I want some credit for this. And then the lawyers went back and forth. And that's when like the legalities got Olivia Rodrigo feeling some type of way. And then once Olivia shot all the way up, like it, she felt alienated from Taylor because there was no more back and forth mm-hmm. between them publicly. Mm-hmm. And it felt like she was being erased from something that was so big to her. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying maybe it wasn't even huge moves on Taylor's part mm-hmm. that Taylor made for Olivia to feel this strongly. But how could you not about your idol? And if some of these things she writes are true, it's just so crazy because it would mean like, Yes, Taylor has this public persona, but if what Olivia is saying is true and about Taylor, every girl I talked to told me you were bad, bad news. You called them crazy. And God, I hate the way that I called them crazy, too, because you're so convincing. Mm -hmm. How can you lie without flinching? And so Olivia, the last like big point on this is Olivia did confirm that this album isn't a breakup album. She said, I was so green about writing this album. I was so green about as to how this music industry worked, the litigious side meaning all of these royalties and songwriting credits. She says, I just feel like now I know so much more about the industry and I feel better equipped in that regard. It wasn't something I thought too much about. It's so much more about growing up and finding your roots in the world. I was 19, had all the zeist for life, but also was in this industry for the first time that can be kind of alluring. Oh, there's all of these exciting people exciting things all these fancy shiny new toys Mm -hmm. so i think she like got sucked into that and then felt like she was cranked out by the machine which i don't think that's dissimilar to how taylor felt in a lot of ways in a lot of instances in Mm -hmm. her career Mm -hmm. because i do think taylor has been fucked over time and time and time again also i don't know the songs but i know that taylor i think has some lyrics where it's like or maybe olivia has these in her lyrics where it's like they're yeah no one had uh like no one has the you know, shiny glow as like a 17 year old girl, you know, a lot of, yeah. A lot of people are putting the comparisons in both. There's just so much that kind of points to this being what a lot of Olivia's songs are about. Yeah. And it's almost like, undeniable. Yes. I'm hoping it's the two of them working together at a PR stunt of the century because I want girls to help girls and I'm tired of girls calling other girls crazy. And can't we all just get along like back in middle school? And I just feel like mean girls. how could Taylor not be fuming now that like Olivia has kind of set fire to all of her feelings publicly. And I refuse to hate Taylor just because of that. I'm, I'm not going to hate Taylor. I think Taylor feels justified in whatever she she's done yeah or whatever had gone down credit is owed for the inspiration but it did get me thinking back to like her feud with Katy perry which i do kind of also feel taylor was in the wrong about and i, I don't do know feel, about that feud you don't no. it was what our first advice though was ever about <gasps> oh and my god what, you're right and it's what bad blood was inspired by right so i'm an idiot taylor so Katy perry 
tour finished. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift's tour started, mm-hmm. and Taylor had like these dancers had auditioned for Taylor's tour. They booked Taylor's tour, and they asked Katie. They said, "Hey, you're not touring right now, but Taylor is touring. Can we go on her tour?" And Katie said, "Yeah, but I have an album coming out in about a year, so then my tour cycle will be like a year and a half after that. So like, write in your contract if you want to come back to my tour that you can." leave with a 30 days notice at any time a year and a half later katie reaches out to them and says hey i'm starting up tour again i'm just putting out fillers to see like if you guys want to dance on my tour if not no worries they go and talk to taylor swift's management they're fired the next day and then taylor like kind of shuns Katy perry Mm -hmm. she won't talk to katie about it katie's like i try calling her she won't answer my phone then she releases bad blood which is like a music video filled with stars Mm -hmm. That's anti Katy Perry. And I'm just thinking if I'm Katy Perry sitting at home watching a music video thinking all these Hollywood stars agree with her and hate me about like stealing her dancers, which like they probably she didn't kind of, know. But the, and that's what I, I was thinking, too. They probably didn't know. But also at the same time, it's just like Katy goes on James Corden and he's asking her about it. And she's like, I've tried so many times to talk to her. She doesn't want to talk to me about it. She just wants to release the song about it. And then Katy Perry did eventually go on to release her own song about it, which was Swish Swish. But it's like. But what are the lyrics to Swish Swish? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I mean, I didn't. didn't, I'm not anti-Taylor in any way. I think she's the most insane businesswoman in the world. And I think to be an incredible businesswoman and as successful as she is, she has to make cutthroat decisions because that's what any CEO has to do. Yeah. Um, But. But never yield such power. You forget to be polite. And God, I love her. But I'm just saying, like, it just is, it is what it is. And we'll never know. Like, maybe Olivia was more sensitive than the events that transpired. And I love Olivia, dude, because, bro, I, you know, I got my idea for my fucking script at Taylor Swift with you, mad inspired by Taylor Swift, mad empowered by Taylor Swift. And then I put on guts and it's like, well, my whole script just opened up from that. So I'm feeling it from all the ladies. And in my world, they can't all wear crowns. And everyone is still friends. And And we're all just waiting in a kiddie pool in my backyard drinking fake champagne with strawberries in it. And for me, it's not as much about taking sides as it was fun for me to play detective and look into all of the clues and kind of see what both of these girls are saying i mean we'll see what taylor does i mean i know like with even if scooter braun's in the wrong you know like taylor is behind the scenes masterminding his demise which fine she ruined his life or he tried to ruin her life which then turned out to be the best thing ever for her because she's Mm re-recording her albums i wish success for all these people I love all these people. Mm -hmm. I follow all these people. I'm a fan of all of these people. It just is undeniable. And then when you start going back and looking at the music videos and the lyric videos for Olivia's most recent work, you're just like, whoa, watching with eyes wide open. And it's great, by the way. It's beautiful. I love it. It's uh, she's I'm into it. I really like what she's doing in this world. Okay, well, I guess um, we can save some of these other hot topics for a different show. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. It was kind of niche. Like, I started with selling selling the OC. I had a mental breakdown. And then I took you guys on, like, a 30-minute Olivia Taylor journey. Then we introduced the show. Which, do you think they already know all the details about Olivia Taylor? No, I think you broke this. We should probably release this to, like, right now. We should at least release it tonight. The timeline was from Glamour.com. Oh, the other speculations they have been talking about this in the media for a little bit 
Right. Yeah. So sorry if you're bored by the breakdown. But uh, you know what? I'm living I for your s- self-confidence. <laughs> and I really love the deep dive work you did here. I'm like, what are we? Like an old school drama channel? Like, are we bring- Are we the drama? I'm not trying to take anyone down. No. <laughs> just so you know. But we are pointing out some things and some stuff. We're just pointing out. I'm just doing a breakdown of what I have access to publicly. And behind closed doors are a whole different story. Yeah, and he's I'm keeping sure- all that secret because he knows. Because he's been behind the door. <laughs> no, Taylor would never invite me behind her doors. No, not you but maybe me maybe her <laughs> okay i have to pee so do you think bad. this was bad no i think this was great now i'm insecure that it's too niche you're wild okay thank you guys so much to- for watching <laughs> and supporting our podcast uh, make sure you're following all of us on social media i have everyone linked in the description section below we will see you right back here next week i do want to try the pumpkin um crispy cream let's do menu. it let's fucking go and then next and we're also going to try the pumpkin frosty at wendy's oh shit that's coming out but tomorrow okay all right everybody uh we love you so much thanks for supporting our show we'll see you next week goodbye and, and that's, that's the, the sip, sip. Ah.